0: Welcome to the Waffle Shop podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: podcast. Today I'm joined by the legendary singer-songwriter JP Cooper. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. <laughs> it's good to be here. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm um, hoping there's not too many knocks on the door. Um, you might need to take that out. don't know what the oh, deal is, whether yeah. it's live or not, but it's, it's Halloween, isn't it? So uh, there might be kids coming around, but the house is quiet at the minute, so we'll
0: see. We'll see I didn't going. even think of that, actually. Yeah. So. To be honest, I I start each one of my shows with something called The Weekly Waffle. And it's funny that we've obviously been recording this on Halloween, but I've got a bit of a... I I mean, I love Halloween, but Mm -hmm. the thing that has been winding me up recently is kind of like, it's Halloween snobs like okay. this is our one chance for me every year to kind of dress up as something that we might not normally dress up as mm. but you have those people like no no not having it and it's like i'm all for everyone having their own opinion this that, and the that. other. but if i want to dress up as voldemort on my saturday night i will dress up as voldemort there you go
3: <laughs> no i think i think in the uk like so it's, it's actually my it's my birthday tomorrow so it's my birthday the day oh. after halloween so as a kid I always got so excited about this time of year, so excited about Halloween. And in the UK, we've always been so rubbish at doing it. We, you know, yeah. we're just not that, I feel like we're getting a little bit better, but it's, it's, I've always, I've always said to myself when I have kids, I need to take them out to the States for a proper Halloween. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've got two boys and at some point we're going to
0: do it when they're both old enough to sort of appreciate it. Um, have you, um, have you dressed up this not, year? But um, yeah, but that'll be fun. <laughs> Mm. Have you, did you dress up this year
3: um no Madden. no sadly not um simply because um everyone's been a bit under the weather oh my no. <laughs> <laughs> so my youngest he's only 18 months he just went um he went to some little playgroup today and came back in like a in a pillowcase with a little ghost face thing on it so he managed to have a I, bit of a good time honestly- but-
0: Generally worried about what you were going to say then like he came back in a pillowcase I was like oh (laughs) (laughs) no no yeah it was actually quite a
3: good idea so they cut a little thing at the top cut some arms at the side put their head through it and paint the face and a little ghost
0: kind of cute They're very impressive nowadays can you remember I don't know obviously I don't obviously don't know how old you are but when I was a kid like the best we got were like some like plastic fingers in a bin bag Bin bag, that's it. Then yeah. witches' fingers and then yeah. you also. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like cut to pieces inside my mouth, but and rock hard plastic. <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> At least I got an apple and a freddo. <laughs> that's it. That's it.
3: Then they used to give you like a little bit of money, maybe 50p or something if you were lucky sometimes. Most people didn't they didn't um they didn't really hand out sweets or they weren't ready, so they might yeah. give you 50p. And I can remember after that we'd have Halloween and then we'd have the penny for the guy and that was even
0: worse yeah. no one was getting involved with that I was just trying to squeeze a bit of money out of the neighbours but I mean times are hard no one was exactly it. what I'm doing after this mate <laughs> but
3: yeah let's not even get into that it's an absolute <laughs> mess <sighs> now everyone's prices have gone up for everything it's yeah so I said to my wife I need to really get my head down and start writing some songs because the last few years has been uh, between Covid and all that I'm like gosh I need to get to work <laughs>
0: Really, really do. do. You've just released. A, you've got the new album out. Yeah, yeah. you know, Come never on. stop,
3: never stop. I mean, that was that's been finished. It feels like that's been finished for so long. Um, yeah, because obviously it was delayed and delayed and delayed, and we finally put it out. It kind of was put out in a bit of a vacuum really because things were just starting to open up. So yeah, you know, because we're in the middle of this tour at the minute, we're going out trying to push it. But it's yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm kind of ready to just sort of move into the next thing now. So as soon as I finish this tour, I'm going straight into writing the next record, which.
0: Can't wait to get cracking with be good. No, that's exciting yeah. mm. that's exciting before we launch into that there's there's one thing that i'm gonna do this awkward like compliment thing now i hate this so i'm sorry yeah, this hello. kind of makes that's you feel so uncomfortable good. but i need to thank you because there is a certain song that you have that really got me through a tough time and okay I'm not too sure, obviously, how much of the backstory you kind of know, but the podcast started from a real painful experience of mine mom right. I nearly lost my mom to an operation gone wrong. She's still wow. here. She's an incredibly strong, resilient woman. She's now in a neurological care home. Wow. And it was, it, obviously, it was a tough time, but mm. I went to Bali on holiday just because I wanted a complete change of scenery, just something brand new. Mm. And it was around the time when, in fact, I saw... Jonas Blue when I was out there DJing on some, I don't even know where we were, some beach, Uh and Perfect Strangers even saying that, I don't know wow you can't even see that but it honestly that song soundtracked that holiday for me and every time when I'm feeling a little bit shit or you know like not feeling this, that song picks me right back up so amazing,
3: oh mate that's so beautiful, it's funny you know (laughs) because um there's some songs that you know you put a lot of thought into and a lot of heart and a lot of you know and you can get really deep and go really deep in the lyrics and and that one was a song that it was just written as just this fun little thing i wasn't even supposed to be singing it so i didn't really oh wow and for a while i was like i didn't know how i felt about the song because i was kind of i guess it was a bit of my sort of artist ego that was like you know it's a bit this tropical house thing actually that song's taught me so much how to um, not take everything so seriously how to drop that ego yeah. and to just be grateful because the amount of time I've gone and I've played festivals and I, that song has opened up so many doors for me and yeah. I've gone and I never really understood dance music and I did that song <laughs> and I ended up playing at all these dance festivals and seeing all these people having an amazing time to it and it's incredible these you know these little songs and these little ideas that we cook up and we put out into the world and we never have any idea of how it affects people. So when there's something like that, that I always felt was a bit throwaway. Whenever I hear stories like that, I'm like, do you know what? It's so much bigger than what we think we are. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, different things speak to different people at different moments of their life in different ways. And um, I love that. And that's why I'm always still play it in, in, in my own set. You know, we always do a version of it because it's, it's reached so many people and I don't know whether it was the summer that it came out, but that that summer, there were so many people that were like that. That just reminds me of that summer, and what yeah. a privilege to be able to be a part of creating those memories. It's it's amazing. Love <laughs> love love stories.
0: Yeah, wow. love stories like that. But this is why I'm so like it's it's mad how life does this because it's like if you told me back then that when I was going through all that tough time, then this obviously hearing this song that's now kind of become like a bit of a a pick me up for me. To mm. now I'm sat here. Talk, waffling with the, the guy <laughs> who made the it's, it's yeah. Honestly, it blows my mind. But speaking of that, then do you just does, does it ever get overwhelming? Like because obviously with the pandemic taking a huge part of like touring and yeah, you know all that kind of way. Like do you, when you before you step out on stage, do you ever get that kind of uh, Like do you get nervous? Like butterflies? Like what's going through your head yeah. before you get out there? Yeah, hundred percent. I I
3: have to do a lot of work to to perform. Like I'm not yeah. a natural performer. Like I've kind of and I I keep trying to stop using the word perform because that means that you have to be something other than yourself. And yeah. for me I'm kind of I'm not really this big ostentatious showman. I kind of I, I sing and I write songs and I've had to kind of learn to be a sort of natural introvert in a sort of extrovert's world really. Yeah. So I still really really struggle when it comes to touring i have to do so much like mental work and mental prep and um and to be honest with me i i I struggle with anxiety so you know sometimes um in the past i've had to take pills Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of i'm so um meticulous with how i prepare for a tour how i prepare for a show how i because it isn't normal to me like it really isn't and I've been doing it for years I think when I was younger I found it easier I had that fearlessness of youth and the older I get the more I don't know what it is and more of a perfectionist I seem to be coming and the more I beat myself up the more I just want to make sure that everyone gets the best of me I never want to be anything less than 100% and to be honest we're human it's impossible to always be 100% but um yeah, I get, I get all those feelings. I have to do so much work to get myself to do it. So, um, and then when I get on stage, usually I'm quite calm. And if I'm not, I kind of hide a little bit. You can t- tell the shows when I've been really comfortable and the shows when I'm not, because I just kind of close up a little bit, you know, I hide behind the mic stand a bit, And I, um, But there's has to be, I've, I'm trying to learn to be honest in that and in those emotions yeah. and in those feelings. Um, because actually, there's been a few times that I've sort of opened up about it. And I think people have really resonated with that. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting relationship that I have with my job.
0: I, I love conversations like this, especially when it comes to having like a music guest on. Because music, listening to, obviously I'm not, I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I can't do anything fancy <laughs> like that. But I rely on music so much to kind of... As a kind of coping mechanism yeah it's kind of a question i always ask and i feel like i already know the answer to this but like is i imagine music is a huge outlet for you is is it a safe space like because i imagine obviously some of the lyrics to your songs are very kind of vulnerable mm-hmm. so do you have to kind of put yourself in a space to be able to produce that or is it just whatever you're feeling
3: i think Growing up, it kind of came naturally to me to express myself through creating something. Yeah. So my, my dad is an artist. He didn't have any sort of commercial, um, you know, success with it or anything like that. But him and my mum met at art school um, and they dreamed of sort of opening up an art studio or something together. I don't know. Yeah. Um, when we were kids, they were both working as art teachers. Um, And then my mum died when I was 11 months old of of breast cancer. So my dad um, had to raise five of us. So he had to raise five of us by himself. Um, And yeah, throughout the process of that, he used his art and, and his faith to kind of bring himself through it. So I grew up watching the process of that. So to me, that was just what people did. It was kind of, you know, you. You make something, and, and because all of my family were painters or artists in some kind of way, whenever I tried to do it, I felt so crap at it because they were <laughs> all really good. I was like, "What's my thing?" And then, I, you know, I came across music and I started playing and making music with friends. I always loved writing, um, and that just became it. So very, very quickly, that became my way of figuring things out and my release. Yeah. And it wasn't really a conscious thing; it was just something that I did. And then when it becomes a job. It kind of <laughs> flipped it was like the one thing that i used to run to when i was in place of fear or anxiety or stress or heartache became the thing that made me anxious and the thing that made me sick. not so much writing but more the performing and things like that so it's been this weird relationship that i've had to kind of dance with i guess and and, and figure out how to manage it and i'm still doing that now. i'm doing a lot better mm-hmm. Um, I had a bit of a wobble around the, the first album just because of the workload. There was so much going on. Yeah. It was all of a sudden, everything was different. Um, but yeah, now I'm in a much sort of healthier place with it. And um, yeah, but I, I think I've got stuff from the past as far as things to work through that I don't really need to kind of get myself into a place. You know, I'm kind of just playing with it now. Yeah. And it's funny, I recently... Uh, started taking photographs um, and I kind of liked what I love about taking pictures is it, it teaches you to search for beauty wherever you are you're constantly looking for something special and I found that in my songwriting as well it's, it's searching for beauty in sort of simple moments um, and just exploring that um, and I think it's very easy you know if, if we constantly focus on problems or negative things you know people talk about social media comments on posts you know there might be a hundred good posts good comments and then you focus on the one that says like something negative I think trying to get into that mindset of focusing on the positives and looking for beauty and looking for the good stuff is um is what I'm doing now and I'm trying to sort of teach my mind to work that way instead of the other way so
0: to be fair I can not judge it by the the smile on your face when you're kind of articulating that i imagine it's quite clearly working
3: yeah it feels like that it really does and i think you know taking i kind of the whole covid thing actually gave me an opportunity to sort of sit back and um and kind of question whether is this making me happy you know yeah. And i came to the conclusion that i was like Do you know what? it really isn't well, I had obviously we had loads of time to figure out. Okay, well, what do I need to do differently? So now I'm taking those steps, and and um, although it's sometimes scary because you know often when it comes to creating commercial work, um, sometimes if you're trying to follow the market or the algorithm, that's going to work out better. You know, it's it's easier. But actually, I'm I i realized that that was the stuff that. Wasn't making me happy yeah so now there's this added kind of fear <laughs> of like is anyone going to care about it but at the same time it's it's more of that excited fear rather than that i want the ground to open up and swallow me fear so um i can work with that
0: the thing is and i find i had Sophie Alex to on the show a few weeks ago and mm. she was saying something very similar to what you were saying that there comes a time when yes you can kind of follow the crowd and you're, you're not being yourself, but, and you put out those songs and yes, they might do well, but they are not quite, they don't feel authentic to you. And I've, obviously you were saying it about like perfect strangers, but then she was saying something very similar again with the whole, like there's the songs, there certain albums that she's put out that she's literally like ripped up the rule book and been like, no, mm. oh, this is what the music I want to kind of make. This is me. It's those songs that resonate so much more than the one that kind of everyone's kind of telling you to do yeah 100 percent. i mean do you know what it is i think um everybody
3: especially artists who've been doing it for, for a while and they've been exploring within themselves in the way that they create you know what you're what you do best yeah. and you know i might be able to do multiple different types of things but i know what i do best and I'm in a place where I'm like, I'd much rather really, really focus on that and nail that and do it in a way that I can, that nobody else does, than trying to do things that lots of people can do and lots of people like to buy and lots of people yeah. stream. Um, and I, th- I think that's it. Like, you know, that's why, you know, often I, I write a lot of songs and I'm more than happy to sit down and write, you know, straight up commercial pop songs or commercial dance songs. But I think I've just got to a point where I'm like, I don't necessarily want to always sing them. Yeah. So I can enjoy the process, but when it comes to kind of um, me wanting to say this is what I'm about, and when I'm gone, people can read these words and understand what I'm, where I'm at, and where my mind is, and where my heart is. Um, and I think that's it. And I think you know, the ego. The word ego, you know, it can, it can be seen as a negative, but th- yeah. there's there are positives in there as well. And it, it's like that little voice that guides you, and it it tells you where to where to go. And sometimes you have to tell it to kind of wind its neck in a little bit yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you need to allow yourself to be challenged but um yeah i think i think that relationship with the ego is definitely something that um that i'm really interested in now and kind of embracing it enough so that it can sort of guide me to my, my best self yeah um, Without turning me into like some kind of annoying diva or something. <laughs> oh, it's really that, is. that balance, yeah. KP yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. The thermostat's
0: yeah. not yeah. the right well, temperature. <laughs> did a lot of that change when you became a dad? Did, did you notice like there was a shift in not necessarily just like the music, but in life for you? Well,
3: I, gosh, I became a dad before any of the music stuff happened. So. Oh, wow. I like, I yeah so my funny. eldest son's 10 yeah so i've got a 10 year old and i've got a 18 month old so there's a big gap um so i thank you so <laughs> i um i actually signed my first record deal when my eldest son was two so and i'd gone from kind of working in bars um and doing little gigs on the side you know for yeah. 50 quid here here or there um and then it was still a grind. It wasn't like I signed a deal and then all of a sudden I was, you know, it was a good few yeah. years before we did sort of Perfect Strangers and September Song and things, the radio started playing me. and. Um, but yeah, what it changed for me was my drive and my time management. I'm still rubbish at managing my time, <laughs> to be honest. That's the only the thing with being a creative or being self-employed in a way um, you have to manage your own time. So when I'm on the road, it's, it's cool. You know, you, you get up, you know what time you need to be on the bus, you know what time you need to be the soundcheck, you know how much time you got to eat and everything's taken care of. But then when I come home and I'm like, okay, well I've got a month and I'm just doing writing sessions or I'm just writing at home. Yeah. It's that, how do you, how do you make the most of that time? And one of the things that I realize, I think a lot of people realize when they have kids is, um, where does the time go? You know, what, the amount of time I wasted just procrastinating and messing around and living the musician lifestyle, but not really creating anything. Yeah, Did that for years. Um, And then it just, it just changes the focus, you know, and and the, the decisions that you make as well, you know, if I'm going to be away from home, it has to be worth it. I don't want to just go and be asking about, um, pretending to be some kind of special person. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's now we're here to work. I want to get the job done. and I want to go, come home. And I want to have a great experience um, because if I'm, away, if I'm away from home, it has to be worth it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it definitely definitely changes things. And then this time around, it's, it's beautiful because when my first son was born, I was broke. I was living in a shared house. I was working in a bar. You know, the music was... It wasn't it wasn't like everybody was rushing to sign me or to work yeah. with me. I was, I was kind of doing it real grassroots, you know, more and more people were coming to my shows, but it wasn't that many. Um, and it was a nerve wracking time, you know, just like, what am I going to do? You know? Um, whereas now with this one, it's different, you know, I've, I've, we have our own house and, and, you know, a more, um, you know, much better home living situation. Yeah. And you know, I've got a bit of money in my pocket. Like I say, I, I don't know what the next five years, next 10 years is going to bring. So I'm always wanting to keep working. I'm not in that place where it's like I can just yeah. stop working. 100%, I, you know, regardless, you know, I'd always be, be doing
2: that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: anyway because I love it Um, I mean you know I signed when I was 30 and I didn't make a penny before that so I had to love it because I would you know and I've been doing it since I was a teenager so you know I I had to love it um, and I still do but uh, it's so nice going out because there's songs that I wrote about that time with my first son and now I'm going out playing them now with another boy who's the same age And being able to kind of appreciate them from this part of my life, it's going to be interesting in the next 10 years when, you know, how's it going to be when, when he's um, like a young man and I'm still going out and singing them songs. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm sure they'll speak to me different, different points in my life.
0: I, do you know what? There's one thing that obviously, thank you for sharing it. but there's one thing there. And there's a lot of people, obviously my main kind of audience is obviously like, 25 to like 35 kind of like year old like males. Mm. And it's like I feel like we're in this weird stage where there was a lot of pressure on men at the moment. Like you need to kind of be this guy, you need to show up, you need to have a career. And the fact that I didn't know what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do career-wise, or I feel like I didn't have a purpose until everything happened with my mom. I turned 30, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I had to stop and the fact that I've just heard you say like you know you didn't sign your first deal until like you were 30 you're like Mm. you know what I hope if anyone doesn't take anything away from this I hope it's that that regardless of what age you are like you can you you can't give up like you've got to keep going with stuff that like that, that that's your purpose 100%
3: 100% and
0: I think
3: it's funny I think nowadays that everything is um like instant gratification, you know. People yeah. like, you get it from social media. You get it from everything. Even your fitness apps that people use, like those Peloton things, and it's like yeah. there's milestones and there's personal best. when we were growing up, you go out for a run and you know you see if you can do it a bit faster than last week, but that was about it. There's not this instant high fives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas now, I think um, this generation is a lot more like I need this instant feedback. So if I'm a singer or I'm a musician and I put my a video of me singing online and it doesn't get this many likes and I'm going to feel rubbish about myself. And yeah. I think I was really lucky in that respect because the only people I cared about was like, Oh, do my mates think it's any good, you know? And then it, that kind of grew to like my community around me. And so it was really based on that. So it was more looking within yourself and seeing how you can progress and how much you can get better. And I think now there's so many people who they expect things to happen overnight. And they get so focused on whether any everybody else thinks you're growing rather than yeah. the way you feel like you're growing, and that was it that was the reason why I stuck it out for so long without making a penny or without having any breaks was because I was seeing progression in myself, so as long as I was seeing that, it didn't really matter. you know it was it was um there was growth and there was development, and that was and I got joy from that. Yeah. And it didn't really matter if anybody else said this is really good or not. I mean, it helps. It always it's helps. Fun.
0: But it comes back to that saying, doesn't it? It's like the people that mind don't matter and the people who don't exactly. mind. Exactly.
3: And it's, you know, I, I was listening to this fellow, um, I think on Instagram or something that popped up on my feed and he was talking about, like everybody is mostly thinking, most of the people are worried about what everybody else is thinking about them. Yeah. So why do you care so much about what people are thinking about you? Because they don't care. What, do you know what it's, yes. it, I mean? He, he it it it's this. like, most of these people aren't thinking about you.
0: As much as you're thinking about it. Exactly. Me.
3: And there's something so <laughs> liberating in that. Just, you know, just going about your day. And, and it's funny, you know, I think this is the thing we can get so in our heads and in our phones and in our, you know, this is one of the things that I've started trying to do as part of my way of, you know, keeping myself calm and getting into my body more um, is really little things. Like when I make myself a coffee in the morning before I drink it, I pour that espresso and I I breathe it in and just have that moment where I'm like, I'm smelling my coffee. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, now, and I'm just smelling my coffee. I'm not worrying about my email. I'm not worrying about, you know, this that I need to sort out. I'm just smelling my coffee. And, you know, we've just moved out to, I was in London up until January and we just moved out to Hampshire. So yeah. we're on the edge of the woods and, you know, I can go out and just walk around the woods and, you know, every day this year it's been something new for me, you know, whether it's, the leaves turning colour or the leaves first coming out or the mushrooms coming out a few weeks back and it's like trying to reconnect with like what's in front of you rather than what's up here and what's in your phone and um as that's really helped me massively massively um and obviously not everybody has access to those green spaces I think a lot of people's found them you know locally to them during covid it was like everyone seemed to rush to the parks and the, just for that <laughs> yeah. connection like. climbing
0: mountains as well crazy <laughs> it was so
3: cool but I think people <laughs> to be reminded that we really need that yeah um and because we couldn't just go out to the stores or buy all of these things or go out and eat these places we were like well actually what is the thing that my body's craving and that was these green spaces and nature and um yeah that sort of really awoken the the child within me actually yeah. um, and i realized that i've been sort of ignoring him for ages i was like i need to get out of the city i spent my whole life growing up in the city or in you know satellite towns of cities i was like i need to get out let's get me some quiet some green space you know i've got two boys as well so it's perfect
0: Wow, well, you imagine the washing machine's going to be in full swing. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Honestly, 100%. It's funny
3: because, yeah, my wife and I love... We quite... It's like, my, my boys, when they play, and especially my little one, when he eats, he's throwing it everywhere. Yeah. She's very relaxed with him making a complete mess. And I'm a bit more like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And actually, I've learned to... To just watch it and be like, it's yeah. fine. We're going to have to clean it up afterwards. But just to see them explain, it's the same when we go out. It's like, just get filthy, you know? It's that's yeah. the way it should be. It's not enough of that going on.
0: No, I got, mate, I completely agree. And I think there is, it's that kind of, especially when it comes to like the whole mental health conversation. Like, I think people don't really appreciate the whole nature side of things like getting mm. out going for the with the fresh air like something as simple as like smelling your coffee in the morning before you check your phone can have the biggest impact on your day mm. it's something so simple and it's oh yeah i could literally rant on about that all day tiny little things tiny little there's
3: little shifts in in things you do and i think but, but again coming back to what you were saying about people in their 20s and stuff um there's too much information on how to do life well you know like and I think that's the other thing you know actually if you want to get up and look at your phone for half an hour don't beat yourself up about that you know there's this kind of this everybody should be waking up at 5am and killing the day and working out and stuff I've got it in my head you know I I should be doing more and I think this is the problem like there's this constant pressure to do more be more achieve more and don't get me wrong I subscribe to you know, I've listened to the, you know, the Tony Robbins bits and bobs yeah. and all of that stuff, and and I've, at moments in my life when I've needed a bit of a kick up the arse, it's inspired me. But I think it's just too much. You're constantly seeing everybody killing it, and most of the time it's bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. Most people still go home and feel crap about themselves because they're all sitting because they're watching the
0: same stuff. Exactly. They'll be sat down the same way, whether you've got millions of pounds in the bank, whether you've got nothing about everyone, sat around comparing themselves to others. Literally, I'm not going to throw another thing out there, but I say it quite a lot. But comparison is the thief of joy. The more Mm. you're comparing yourself and constantly focusing on what you don't have, you're missing out on those little moments and what you actually do have.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think it was it was the pandemic and turning 30 that I, I was like, I felt so lost, but this is the kind of stuff and these kind of conversations that make me realise, well, actually, do you know what? Like, if it puts a smile on my face, that's, that's what more can I ask for? Yeah. That's it. Simple things. Simple but, things. Is... Speaking of putting smiles on the face, the new album is beautiful. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you. I want to hear, because obviously, she. Yeah. We've got to talk about, like, the inspiration. Talby. So, to be honest with you, it was a huge collection of songs,
3: and I was trying to find this red thread that ran through them. I was like, my second album, after the first album, I got sent out in all these different writing rooms, and, and um, I had all these different songs and all these different sounds, and I was like, how, where am I in this, in the mix of all of this? And um, one of the things that I kind of realised was that most of the... The biggest lessons that have been delivered to me in my life or the biggest opportunities for growth have been delivered by women, whether that's from losing my mom when I was a child to being raised with four sisters yeah. to, um, you know, you know, falling in love, falling out of love, having a child um, with somebody, that relationship falling apart, but needing to navigate that because there's a child involved and getting to a point now where we have a great relationship to meeting my wife, to, you know, it, it really um, hit home to me that like, wow, all of the struggles and all of the, the development and all of the growth and all of the self, um, I guess, kind of, judging is the wrong word, but kind of, you know, that the looking at myself and trying to be better. Yeah. Um, it was always women, even whether it was a harsh le- lesson or it was tough love. Um, that was always the way it seemed to be. They've been my sort of angels guiding me. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of just the tip of the hat to that, you know, so the a lot of songs. So the song that she itself was about that, you know, it's, it's um, bringing me through this life where I was, there's been so many times in my life where a woman has made me feel like a boy and it's crap, but it's necessary. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, and I'm sure there will be more times. I, I hope those days are gone, but many times when you realize like you still got work to do at being a better partner and a better dad and a better brother and a better son and um, still constantly focusing on that. Um, so it's, you know, and, and, yeah, down the line, it'll be interesting to see what they are and how, how I react to them. But yeah, this record was kind of a tip of the hat to that. And when we pulled the songs in, I wanted it to touch on different moments in, in my life. Um,
0: yeah, so that, that was kind of the overall umbrella. Do you know what? I have so much more respect for you now than what I did because I, I didn't know that. And for someone mm. who was raised by women, whether it was my mom, my nan, my auntie yeah, or my yeah. My incredible little well, obviously, my little sister didn't raise me, but yeah, yeah. we we were obviously we're very close. Yeah. And this it's happening already. I've got so bad. <laughs> this is what this is what happens. I can get so goose. It's good. But it's so good. I was gonna throw another compliment towards you, especially now I know obviously what the album stands for. Uh-huh. Is that my little sister recently moved to Milan. So this is the longest we've kind of been uh-huh. apart and stuff like that. But I sent her a song that from the album from if the world should ever stop yeah and there's a there's a bunch of lyrics in there that i was like this is kind of how i feel don't really know how to express it but this is how i feel and it's if the world should ever stop and you feel like giving up then my bags Mm. are packed yeah you know i got your back and it just like with everything that was going on at that moment yeah so again thank you for beautiful no
3: it's so good it feeds me these these stories and this is what's beautiful about being out on the road and and touring at the minute is you know i speak to people after the shows and they tell me which parts of song affected them and it really um it informs me in how to move forward and what's important so when i'm writing i'm thinking of these things rather than again rather than thinking about the songs that have the crazy numbers or the you know the biggest you know algorithm pleasers it's the ones that um really move people i think are the most important and I recently um with a song I had that was off my first album called The Only Reason but it was yeah. written years and years and years ago. Um it didn't really have a big moment on the record you know it didn't do loads of numbers but it started getting love in South Africa it started seeing it trending and so I did a little video of it and I put it up um of just an acoustic version and all of these people came out of the woodwork saying you know this was the song that really made me fall in love with what you do um this was the song that made me listen to every other one of your other songs it's like actually those moments are just as important as the big hit singles if not more so because i feel like a lot of the big singles they're kind of a passive audience you know they get spread around they're perfect for radio so they get lots and lots and lots of plays but it's these songs that just touch on something that many people can resonate with that send them down that rabbit hole the people's
0: they 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 soundtrack exactly This, this is what i love Mm. About especially when I have conversations like this, it's like they're like the people's crutch. They're like the, that's what got them through that period of time. And now, especially now, when they look back, it's it is that JP keeper song. It's regardless of who it is, it's like mm. it's it's those moments that I think imagine as an artist, like that that surely makes it all worth it. That's it. That's the pay there
3: you know. In a way, it's don't, we've got to keep the lights on, but it's yeah. like when I wasn't making any money, those were the moments. Like I would. <laughs> I, I See, I always felt my superpower as an artist or as a writer, even you know, before I had the nerve to call myself an artist. Yeah. I always felt like I had a superpower that was touching the nerve of people. And I'd go out to these little open mic nights in Manchester, I'd put my guitar on my backpack, I'd get on my push bike and I'd cycle. Yeah. I'd go and I'd, I'd have 15 minutes, I'd do three songs. And all I wanted to do was make one person cry. You know, if it was just I oh, will <laughs> see someone, because it, it was like, I, I just wanted people to have a moment where they can let go for a second. Yeah. Um, and it happened. Not every night, but it, it happened. And I see it all the time at the shows. And it's, I always felt like I had this special, this is what I mean about really <laughs> he was digging down. <laughs> you, <around. laughs> but, you know, really digging down into that thing that is a thing that you've got. And I think... You know, you talk about the vulnerability, you talk about a lot, and I've always been fine with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I need to embrace more and, and sharing that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's um, it's, it's just so nice to be informed in that way of the things that, that are working and that are touching those nerves and reminding myself how important those songs are.
0: No, honestly. You're you're a legend. I'm generally like a huge fan. It's it's, I'm so grateful I actually get to sit down and do this, especially from such obviously awful experience. But there's a few last questions that I ask each one of my guests when I have them on. And being obviously the singer songwriter that you are, I'm I I don't know where this is going to go, but does that need to be a song played to get you on the dance floor? And if so, what does that song need to be?
3: Um. Okay, you know what the funniest thing is that come to my head, Um, (laughs) because I was never like, I was always that kid at school that like wanted to dance but was too shy, and then it'd be like the last ten minutes of the night, and I'd go and dance, wish I would have danced earlier. (laughs) But the one thing that always gave me the opportunity to dance was. Saturday Night by a Wigfield <laughs> because you just join in yeah. you know everybody would be doing the same thing so it's like well I'm in now Um, so that was the first you know I could have came up with a cool song or no you know, but I, I have so much more respect for you now that, came <laughs> into my head. that was the soundtrack of so many school discos and
0: you know um, yeah. do you know Saturday for did you that? as soon as you heard that it da da Exactly. Yep. Straight, yeah, straight In, on the dance floor. Now's my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've waited for two hours for this. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Incredible. I can't remember the last time I heard that song. I don't know why it just pops into my head. I've not
0: heard it for years. Did you used to slide on your knees? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I was
3: full on hyperactive. Yeah, little lunatic, um, but kind of smoothly shy at the, the same loveable. time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love that. Well, on the flip side of that what song makes you cry like what what took on the heartstrings mm. there's 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 been a few songs
3: um more than you'll ever know by donny donny hathaway um few songs by aretha there's a there's an album called um I think it's called the Delta meets Detroit. It's called Aretha's blues and, and so singing all these blues songs. And I've had a couple of moments with that after probably a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. Um,
0: That's when it comes out. Yeah.
3: But they're they're more kind of few and far between now. I don't know whether I've kind of, my ears are so tired all the time. I find myself listening to a lot more um, film scores and instrumental stuff and things like that. Um, it's been a while actually since a song's made me cry I often will be on the verge of tears and when I'm writing my own stuff sometimes at moments because you hit yeah. on something and it's and that and that's it I think I it's been a while since somebody else's song has done that I need that I, I think I deserve for someone's song yeah. to make me cry I'm gonna sort of try and <laughs> we give it to a happens. sad, sad yeah. playlist. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the, the mad one is, though, when you're on planes. Apparently, um, the altitude, I don't know what it is, it makes you more yeah. emotional. So I've been audibly bawling my eyes out of films on planes. Um,
0: I found yeah, out the hard way, films it's, the just can't same, do. it's the same with alcohol. Mm. Apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know this until I was on a flight. I think I was, I don't even know where I was flying to. I think it was a like California or somewhere. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a film. I'm excited. Well, I'm going get to America for the first time. time. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was drunk, had a hangover, and <laughs> awkward, like, yeah, I'll have everything. <laughs> yeah. All in yeah. a matter of hours.
3: Yeah, you've got to be careful with that.
0: <laughs> but, yeah,
3: films and booze on planes, dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> I was watching the people who, whenever the greatest showman's on there, I can see where <laughs> yeah. they're at in the film. She's
0: crying. Yeah. He's crying. <laughs> you know what's going on. You know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that hairy lady, she, she's oh on there. gosh, gosh. Yeah. They're all, Honestly, they're all going down. You have been an absolute pleasure to waffle with. Like, I've generally had a really, not that I would expect anything less. <laughs> 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 there was no pressure. But, like, I've I really enjoyed this. I've literally nah, felt likewise. like I've, like, sat in a pub with my mate. So, best be, of luck.
3: Best we wanted to be
0: with the tour obviously and more importantly happy birthday yeah to appreciate that so, thank you so much thank you for joining me for a waffle yeah pleasure hope to see you again
4: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer